Welcome to TalkScript, a superset of a podcast about JavaScript. The presenting sponsor of TalkScript is SitePen, a JavaScript consultancy helping companies improve their apps, tools, and teams. Check it out at sitepen.com. Let's find out if TalkScript is your type of podcast. Welcome to the TalkScript podcast. I'm Sam Menza, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Ciccarello. Hello. And Tori Rice. Hello. Today, we have a guest from JetBrains, Andre Starvoit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Great. Did you want to introduce yourself? Yes, of course. My name is Andrei Starovoit. I am a leader of the WebStorm team. For the last six years, I have been working on supporting TypeScript, React, and other technologies in the IDE. Uh, I like to talk about TypeScript and JavaScript, but actually, I am not a JavaScript or TypeScript developer. WebStorm is a JVM-based application, so we use Java and Kotlin. But anyway, I am here and I'm happy to talk with you about TypeScript and WebStorm. Great. We're going to dive into that in a second. Before that, we're going to have some quick uh, TypeScript updates by Anthony. Yeah, so um, in the TypeScript community, TypeScript 4.2 is currently in beta at the time of recording. And we'll go over that more when that comes out fully. But some of the, the key features are improvements to some of the tuple and, and template literal types that they've been working on the last couple of releases improved explanations in some of their types, both for looking at type aliases and also they have new explain files flag. And then also some minor adjustments to type strictness. So they have some stricter types for the in operator and some index signature types uh, and also some stuff around the abstract constructor. One thing from December that I just became aware of is now that NPM will show actually a TypeScript icon on the homepage. Uh, if a package supports or bundles the TypeScript types with them. So that's something to be on the lookout when you're you're browsing NPM. Cool. Actually, I didn't know that they're going to add that flag. That's that's pretty fun and useful. Yeah. Wait, we're still using NPM? I thought there was something new and cooler that, was a, that everyone used now, but I don't know. You're right. We're all moving to uh, GitHub, GitHub's uh, package manager that they put out before they bought NPM. Yeah, exactly. I thought we were going to move to that that Java one. What is what does Java use? It's not NPM. It's a colossal. Maven. What, what oh, Maven. The Maven. There we go. Yeah, they use Maven. Maven. Yeah. We're hosting right. all, of all our. That's what all the kids are doing. Yeah, all of our JavaScript will be hosted on Maven soon. Yep. That's right. Well, if I have my way, because <laughs> I enjoy inflicting pain upon others. <laughs> <laughs> So before we dive into um, interview type questions, we want we have a couple warm up questions that are uh, JetBeans. We call we're calling JetBeans Java. Um, so they are Java related questions, but the other type of Java, as in as in coffee, the better type. Is it the better type? Yes. Yeah. Unequivocally, the better type of Java. <laughs> not not going to argue the opposite. <laughs> uh, yes, def- definitely. You actually get something positive out of it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Joking. Please send all hate mail to Anthony Savoy. <laughs> Anthony Savet. Savet. Yes. Okay, the first question is, how do you prefer your caffeine? You're going to have to be more explicit on that. I'll answer 
So I actually prefer my caffeine in tea rather than coffee. Wow, that's really hip of you. Yeah, which is to say caffeine is not my cup of tea. I don't oh understand what are we your doing? sentence. I, like, what is happening You right can't now? be a developer anymore, Anthony. It's basically a requirement. Well, you can't be a stand-up comic either. So that's yeah, another thing yeah, that's out the I'm door. Not looking to change careers anytime soon, Dory. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, first off, uh, Diet Coke. Team Diet Coke all the way. There's been a shortage recently due to various pandemic and aluminum, I guess, problems. And I actually went to Costco and there was no Diet Coke. And then I went to the grocery store and there's no Diet Coke. And I went to another grocery store and there's no Diet Coke. And the amount of panic, you would think that I was somebody running out of insulin because I was freaked out. And I'm like, I need the Diet oh, Coke. And uh, so I ended up paying like $6 a case in some shady CVS in, in, a, in some rando area where I was at. Um, and I found three cases and I bought them. And I felt like I had won the pandemic lottery. Like y'all talk about toilet paper a year ago. No, like Diet Coke is where it's at right now. And let me tell you, it's no joke, man. It's serious stuff. Like I would, if you were like, hey, do you want the vaccine? Do you want Diet Coke? I'm like, well, listen, I'm probably gonna be honest. I really want the Diet Coke. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I had the same problem with uh, Diet Dr. Pepper oh, up so around the Boston area. There was just no Diet Dr. Pepper for, for weeks. There's only like that small, tiny cans. It was really tragic. Oh, cause... the tiny cans. Yeah. I did the tiny cans of Diet Coke last time. And I'm like, I can, I just take like two sips. It's gone. And I'm like, okay, so I need a lot more of these. It's not the American way for sure. No, it needs to be bigger. Andre, how about you? <laughs> uh, now that you've heard what the question actually was. <laughs> okay, I can say that I prefer the classic way to consume the caffeine uh, over the coffee. And usually uh, I drink uh, from two till uh, maybe six cup of coffee per day on the working week. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. See, Anthony, you can learn a thing or two. I mean, I come from a family of coffee drinkers, so it's not like I haven't been exposed. My my brother probably could drink six cup in, cups in a day, but I'll uh, avoid the substance uh, addiction. So <laughs> I usually only have a cup or two of tea to, in a day. So okay, that's 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 better. <laughs> the other question I had was just does coffee, or I guess in this case for the less evolved tea make you better at coding for me i don't think so i use it like a regular drink like water or something like that so it's just a way to live <laughs> and nothing else he's completely unaffected by caffeine that's what he's saying that's it's the truth always jack and ready I, to go i hope so <laughs> meanwhile tori is struggling to get through the day without his diet coke I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> and when we go to customer on sites because we do consulting, you know, the first day is the roughest because I, I'm not like if I don't know them, I don't show up with, you know, a case of Diet Coke for the all day. <laughs> but you better bet on day two and three when I'm there that I show up with two 12 packs of Diet Coke because a couple of our engineers are also Diet Coke fiends. And we found this out about ourselves when we were at an on site uh, where it's three or four full days on site and we were just the diet cokes were out of control on the, the empty day so we, we leave a good impression on what i'm trying to say it's super professional but man like i can't be effective if i don't have my diet coke i'm sorry so anyway diet coke i am open to sponsorships i offer you absolutely nothing <laughs> but i want 
I want some Diet Coke. So uh, I'm open. Just, you know, ring me up. Yeah, Diet Coke, reach out here. We will we'll put an ad. We'll put an ad right in between. Oh, right yeah. In between our, our podcast, yeah. I will do a Diet Coke commercial on our show. Okay. Mm. Well, you pretty much already have. So, but for me is is because I don't drink caffeine very frequently. If I were to have like full cup of coffee, like I would probably be a less effective coder because I'd be like jittery and and all that. You could just call me weak. It's okay. <laughs> uh, as much as I bash you for drinking tea, yeah, I think two cups of coffee past two, I actually get too jittery and I like can't concentrate. I like I just like keep switching contexts. Like I'm like this this code and then this part and then this part and I like can't concentrate in one thing. Have y'all ever so tried having ADHD? Because uh, that's just what you're describing. And I. Oh, my firsthand. God. So anyway, it's a great start to the show here. I'm, I'm reeling a lot of things about myself. I shouldn't be. <laughs> On that note, we have a couple of questions for you, Andre. And uh, I think we can uh, we can start rolling into those. The first one is pretty basic. What is an IDE beyond just editing files? Okay. <laughs> Actually, the editor uh, is uh, one of uh, the part of the IDE, but the idea of the IDE is to understand the code and to provide uh, integrated environment about your uh, development. For example, it provides a way to work with uh, the debugger, with tests, uh, and so on. And of course, IDE ha uh, has to understand uh, your code, like syntax, semantics, and so on. Great. What does IDE stand for? Pop quiz. Okay, it just... Uh, uh, I'd say a better way to write code <laughs> <laughs> because, because it it it's really helps you. You you can uh, use refactorings, you can use inspections, uh, you can use some fixes, and you have all the things uh, at the same place. You don't need to switch uh, context of your task, uh, and yeah. Yeah, so JetBrains has a whole line of IDEs. So like there's there's IntelliJ, which is kind of like the main Java one. I know there's WebStorm, there's IDEs for uh, I think PHP or uh, Python and Ruby, if I recall. So what what's kind of like the difference between those individual products? Okay, usually we prefer to create uh, a separate IDE for some ecosystem. For example, we have a PHP ecosystem and the IDE provides uh, the uh, unique experience for PHP developers. And the same thing for uh, WebStorm, uh, if we talk about web developers uh, or mostly JavaScript, TypeScript developers. Uh, and the same thing for Ruby, Go, and so But actually, uh, there is one thing, uh, like uh, that uh, IntelliJ idea, it's, it's, it's not a Java IDE, it's uh, a polyglot IDE for all other technologies, because it includes uh, support for PHP, Ruby, uh, Go, uh, JavaScript, PHP, or TypeScript, and so on. Yeah, I knew there was some confusion around that, how some people just thought that uh, IntelliJ is only for Java. But in fact, it does seem like you can use it for pretty much pretty much anything, really. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of technologies that support uh, uh, IntelliJ IDEA. Uh, 
And yes, uh, uh, previously it was uh, just a Java IDE, but now we trying to uh, think about idea like a polyglot IDE. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. is tough because there are like 17 different IDEs that are offered. Um, I, one of the things I was going to ask, but they said not to, was I was going to give you a pop quiz to name them all um, without looking. But they said no. So uh, <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to... There are a lot. And you know what, though? As a designer, I think that uh, the JetBrains uh, design, whoever the, the people that did the design for all the different... Uh, for the site and all the different uh, tools and, and marketing pages did an excellent job. Like so, so cool with the graphics and the way they kind of bring it all together while making each one kind of distinct, but still part of a thing. Great job. That's all I have to say about that. Shout out to the JetBrains designers if yep. you're out there. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, actually, we did uh, uh, very long uh, lo uh, work before uh, because uh, previously our ideas were very different. They have diff uh, different icons, uh, they uh, have different uh, pages and so on. And after some point, we've decided that we need to unify everything that any uh, developers can understand that it's a part of the JetBrains IDs line. Huh, wow, that's really helpful. Yeah, Good super job. cool. Good, Good job, stuff. designers. If, if, yeah, if anyone... Yay, power of designers. Definitely go to JetBrains.com and look at the different... Uh, just the cool way they use the colors, but that there's like this bigger piece to it all. Um, and that uh, if you look at some of their things, there's like these really cool geometric shapes. And then when you get into the individual tools, there's like aspects of those colors and these, these angles. And it's just really well done, really well thought out. So I'm just nerding out over it um, because that's what I do. But um, anyway, I'll, I'll just, we'll talk about codes. I think that's what most people care about, but I just had to throw that in. Andre, what I heard that you worked on a WebStorm. So we actually wanted to know a bit more about what parts of WebStorm specifically do you work on? I think I touched anything uh, related to the WebStorm, uh, like uh, I wrote some Angular code, uh, Angular support code, uh, wrote some uh, uh, view parts, uh, for example, TypeScript uh, integrations for view uh, and so on. But primarily I am working on uh, React and TypeScript in WebStorm. Cool. We actually, uh, the follow-up question is, uh, how long has WebStorm been supporting TypeScript? You might know a bit about that then. It's a good question. Uh, I've checked our issue tracker before the meeting, and I found the corresponding issue. It was closed in 2012. So it was eight years ago. Uh, and it's interesting that uh, TypeScript was officially released in that year. So WebStorm uh, supports uh, TypeScript almost from the beginning of the language. Yeah, it's pretty early on. Yeah. So can you kind of give like a basic overview of maybe like the structure of an IDE or like, so when you're integrating TypeScript, like what does that look like from the perspective of the WebStorm code base trying to pull in another language and add that support? Okay, if we talk about TypeScript, uh, Usually, it's a really hard task to implement uh, the new language support. You have to write uh, Lexer, uh, you have to write Parser, and you have to write some code that will understand the semantics of the language and so on. But actually, for TypeScript, we had uh, JavaScript support. 
and uh, as we all know, uh, TypeScript is a superset of JavaScript. Uh, so we already had something like this. And also we had in WebStorm action script support. Uh, do you remember action script? Yeah. And was that, uh, was that, no, I'm thinking of ad script, which was Angular's uh, extension to TypeScript, but action no, script no. was the uh, flash. It's yeah, Adobe's, flash. Adobe's flash. version. Yeah. yeah. Loosely based on JavaScript. <laughs> Yeah, it's based on uh, JavaScript and also it uh, has types, interfaces, and so on. Uh, and uh, we started our support, uh, TypeScript support, uh, f- uh, based on the ActionScript support. Uh, and uh, as a result, we had the support uh, in a couple months. But now, of course, we don't have the ActionScript parts in our TypeScript support uh, because it's completely different thing. And also type uh, ActionScript is a deprecated uh, language as Flash. Yeah, and it's completely different implementation. Um, but if I talk about uh, general support of the language in our IDE, I can say that all uh, the language uh, all the languages uh, are implemented as a plugin. So we have a platform that is common for all the IDEs like PHPStorm, WebStorm, IDEA, and uh, any IDE is a set of plugins. And as a result, we can uh, we can have, uh, for example, WebStorm with the TypeScript plugin, and also we can have IntelliJ idea with the same plugin with the same support and it's true for php uh, storm it's true for rubymind and goland huh, so does it come with typescript out- webstorm does not come with typescript out of the box when i speak about plugins it's something that uh, a part of the internal implementation of course webstorm has uh, the typescript support out out of the box uh, it has javascript support out of the box and almost all the technologies that we support web technologies bundle it in webstorm but if we talk about implementations it's implemented in our monorepo with the all ids as a plugin okay got it cool I heard that WebStorm supports um, different web frameworks. Could you explain a bit about that? Uh, how does it work and what you think, what features do you think would, are the most helpful with that? Okay, uh, I'd say that we have uh, three major frameworks for now. <laughs> it's React, uh, it's Vue, and it's Angular. Uh, and uh, the basic support is just uh, understanding the syntax of uh, the language. In case of uh, React, it's JSX expressions inside JavaScript. In case of Vue and uh, Angular, it's understanding the syntax of the templates. Uh, yeah, and uh, we have some code that understand the syntax and. Uh, uh, from the syntax, we uh, can uh, bind into some uh, syntax constructions of uh, the TypeScript or JavaScript code. As a result, we have uh, smart refactorings, like you can rename something from the templates of Angular or Vue, uh, and the same uh, thing for React, uh, JSX uh, expressions, components, and so on. 
so in general, it's understanding syntax, uh, and as a result, we can suggest something, say that there are no such components in the project. Uh, we can uh, suggest something in uh, code, comp code completion and uh, some simple refactoring like rename or in case of React and Angular, there is uh, React and Vue, there is a uh, uh, very smart extract component refactoring. Like you can extract a subset of the uh, template or JSX expression as a new component. Yeah, those refactorings are super handy. I know I've used IntelliJ working on some Java code and the refactorings were, were always like top notch. Um, and so it's cool to hear that for, especially the, the template services and things. Uh, I'm curious, I know that, that TypeScript has their own language services. Angular has some kind of um, language services for templates um, kind of related to that. Does WebStorm and the, the uh, those plugins, do those hook into those language services or uh, are those kind of written from scratch separately? Uh, okay, uh, here we can talk about TypeScript support in uh, WebStorm. And uh, yeah, actually for TypeScript, uh, we have own uh, parser, own lexer for TypeScript, and we have to implement the same uh, resolution uh, type inference rules. So. Uh, effectively, in WebStorm, we have a small TypeScript compiler, our own TypeScript implementation. But, uh, and we need it for refactoring because uh, you cannot uh, write a good refactoring without the understanding of the code structure, uh, understanding all the references, understanding all the components that can be uh, changed. Uh, but uh, for TypeScript, we also have uh, uh, integration with uh, the TypeScript service uh, for uh, highlighting, like we get errors from the TypeScript service to show it to the users because so uh, it's really hard to implement uh, such thing in uh, the IDE because different uh, versions of TypeScript have uh, different uh, errors and it's it's hell to support it. Actually, we tried, but uh, the solution didn't work. You don't want to have every version of TypeScript uh, uh, implemented for all users. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we are trying to support the latest version of TypeScript. Uh, usually, it's the uh, RC builds or, or something like that. Uh, if I talk about Angular, we also had Angular language uh, service support. Uh, but uh, after some discussion, we decided to remove it and to write the support from the scratch on our site because uh, it wasn't reliable uh, that time. Uh, I'm not sure about how it works now, but uh, for that time, a couple of years ago, uh, I believe our decision to support all set things on our site were uh, right. Um, I actually had a question. Uh, so how, if you could just give us a basic overview of how you would actually go about writing a new plugin that you'd use with a framework or language. If you could give a basic overview, <laughs> if, that, if, there, if that is a, if there is a such thing as a basic overview of that. It sounds easy, honestly. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, 
just you write some code, you mash <laughs> some buttons, and it works, right? Like, yep, I expect a full write up uh, in uh, in two days. <laughs> okay, actually, it's uh, it depends uh, on the expectations from the plugin. Uh, if you want to write something simple, uh, like uh, small integrations with uh, an external tool, uh, you can do it in couple word, uh, in couple classes. <laughs> in case of Java or Kotlin, uh, like you create uh, a description of the plugin, uh, you create a couple classes that implement uh, required extensions, and that's it. Actually, IntelliJ IDEA has uh, a lot of uh, built-in tools uh, to provide uh, a good experience in writing plugins. So, yeah. It can be done really easy. Wow, that was actually, that's a lot simpler than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for us, uh, like WebStorm, uh, it's not the most convenient way to provide uh, a way to write uh, plugins for our users because uh, we had have to say that you need to download the IntelliJ idea and uh, start to write Kotlin code. <laughs> so um, you mentioned some of the refactorings that you support for TypeScript. For TypeScript developers, what would you say are like some of the, the key fe features that WebStorm has that makes writing TypeScript code easier? And again, if you talk about WebStorm and refactorings, we have a lot of them. Like, uh, I'd say that we have more than 100 uh, fixes or refactorings. Wow. But uh, again, uh, before the meeting, I have checked our statistics and I can say that the most popular refactorings are renames. For example, rename directory, rename file, or rename variable, and of course, all the renames update all the usages of the file directories and so on. As the next thing is uh, the extract function refactoring. Like you select a part of your code, uh, press couple uh, keys, and uh, you have a new function with this code. Uh, introduce a variable, introduce a parameter, and a lot of other things. There are also very um, smart but not so popular things like uh, change signature, when you can update uh, the function sig signature in the place of the declaration, but also in place where, where the function is used. Uh, there are interface and uh, classes specific uh, thing like extract, refactoring, extract, uh, superclass, uh, pull down member, push up member, and so on. A lot, a lot of things. Um, that being said, do you use um, TypeScript internally at all at your company? If I talk about uh, the company in general, of course, we have uh, some uh, uh, teams that uh, write TypeScript, or uh, in some cases it's uh, React, I believe. In some cases it's uh, Angular. Uh, yeah, but also in uh, WebStorm, we also use TypeScript in some of our integrations. For example, some parts of the view integration with uh, TypeScript uh, is written in. Uh, TypeScript because uh, uh, view integration with TypeScript extends uh, the t TypeScript service. 
and uh, some integrations like uh, ESLint, uh, TSLint also use TypeScript. Cool, yeah. Yeah, I think you said that WebStorm itself was actually JavaScript, yeah? Or Java and Kotlin? Java and Kotlin, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you mentioned some of the the plugins. Some of them are built into uh, WebStorm and IntelliJ. Is there like a big open source community of plugins that people can install and, and how um, does JetBrains as a company kind of interact with that community? Uh, okay, we have a lot of open source plugins, uh, but actually I'd say that previously we didn't do much uh, work there, but now everything is much better. We have a dedicated team that uh, creates some con- uh, content like tutorials or videos, uh, uh, they improve documentations, uh, documentation. And also we have uh, an open Slack for plugin developers. So uh, any uh, plugin developer can join the Slack and ask some, uh, something. And actually a lot of uh, our developers like WebStorm developers and uh, other teams uh, actually uh, joined the Slack for plugin developers. So we can uh, answer the question right there. Uh, there are one more thing. Uh, we uh, sometimes some plugin developers uh, pin uh, pings are us uh, right from GitHub, like uh, when they uh, write plugin and see that something wrong uh, or don't know how to solve a problem, they can just uh, ping us directly, and we will help, of course. That's pretty cool how there's a dedicated team for that. Does uh, Is any of the JetBrains projects themselves open source? I think it, or there was an IntelliJ idea that was open source. Uh, if you talk about IntelliJ idea, there is a part that is uh, open sourced. Uh, it's a community version. And uh, there is a part that is closed source. It's something that is called IntelliJ idea ultimate. Uh, but Actually, the open source part is uh, the platform, so it's the biggest part of WebStorm. So we have a lot of WebStorm code uh, that actually is open sourced. Uh, But of course, we also have some plugins and projects that are open sourced. There is Kotlin language (laughs) that it's also open sourced. And yeah. Yeah, no, that's been huge in the the Android community with with Kotlin and uh, I think the Android Studio IDE is IntelliJ based, right? Yeah, yeah. It's... So for you, what's your favorite IDE? I mean, are you are you using WebStorm yourself much, or are you spending most of your time with your writing Java and things? So what what are you most comfortable in? It's a difficult question because uh, I use uh, IntelliJ IDEA and WebStorm every day. IntelliJ IDEA for writing code, uh, WebStorm for testing, uh, checking, or something like that. Of course, I do some project on for myself uh, with uh, JavaScript or TypeScript, uh, but I'd say that uh, I am not a JavaScript developer. I am a Java developer. <laughs> So you don't betray your company on uh, off hours, huh? No, no Vim or Emacs. I mean, I use I use I use Vim 
occasionally, but I'm not like a diehard. I know there's some people that are like really intense. We have quite a few uh, very strong, strongly uh, motivated Vim users. We do. Actually, in uh, WebStorm and IDEA, we have uh, a Vim plugin for uh, Vim users. The key bindings? <laughs> uh, but... Uh, Oh man, Vim users love their uh, plugins, so it sounds right up their alley. So if you're using Vim right now, I think you should give WebStorm a shot with the Vim. Because I know Vim, there's a thing about Vim users is what they actually like is just tweaking Vim. They're not really interested in actually coding anything. It's not about they productivity. They really love tweaking Vim. No, it's not about yeah. productivity at all. And when they tell you it is, they're lying. Unless you count productivity as being tweaking vim constantly um so i think that if you're a vim user and then you're probably not listening to this because you're tweaking vim right now but when you're done tweaking vim for a five minutes and you hear this use webstorm and use the vim plugin because there's even more things to tweak now because now you can tweak webstorm and vim at the same time so i think this is what you should do um this is my expert advice that and buy diet code Yes, and buy Diet Coke. It's the most delicious beverage ever made on the planet. Next question we had was, is, you said that you are a Java developer, but do you enjoy coding in uh, TypeScript? Uh, yes, uh, I love TypeScript. So, and so I believe it's a really good language. Uh, of course, if you talk about JavaScript, <laughs> it makes JavaScript much, much better. Yeah, the crossover is between Java and, and TypeScript. Like, there's, it kind of bridges the gap a little bit and, and helps uh, make switching between languages not too bad. Maybe, but if you talk about Kotlin, it's much more easy because they have the same type notation. Ah, I didn't realize that. <laughs> you just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And usually for uh, JavaScript uh, TypeScript users, we suggest to use Kotlin for writing plugins because uh, we believe that they will feel much more comfortable when we when they see the same types type notation. <laughs> I think the greatest thing about Kotlin is that when when you want to make a function, it's just pure fun. It's it literally is just yeah. fun. Just fun. That was a joke. I'm you know what? I'm not going into stand up comedy either, so it's fine. <laughs> um I think there was probably four people that got that joke and laughed. Um and that's fine. I'm cool with that. I know my audience. It's my mom. So Andre, do you have a, a favorite uh feature of, of TypeScript as a language? Uh yes, of course. Oh uh, uh... I believe uh, strict null checks is uh, my favorite thing, and there are two reasons for it. Uh, first of all, because uh, it helps you a lot. Uh, Kotlin has the same feature, and uh, again, I, I love it. And there is one more reason, uh, because uh, some time ago, uh, I had to implement this feature in WebStorm, and it was really, really hard work. Uh, but also it was really interesting work. I can say a couple words about technical things there. Uh, uh, this feature uh, introduced a very smart analysis of your code because previously uh, they just checked several conditions uh, in, uh, before uh, the access to a property. But uh, now 
uh, after implementing this feature, they check all the possible ways to execute your code. It's so-called uh, control flow graph. And I had to implement the same thing in WebStorm and it was really interesting. Yeah, I think the the strict null checks as a Kotlin developer makes a lot of sense. And the fact that it's kind of your your baby implementing that feature, so that's that's cool. Yeah. Is there anything about anything else about WebStorm that um, you think people should know, or or maybe something that people have a misperception about, or something that you you think people should know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, uh, we usually talk uh, with our users, and very often they say that okay, WebStorm is smart editor. You you can write code, and it will suggest something, but. Actually, you you need to use in WebStorm uh, one shortcut. It's Alt Enter, and it allows to you to uh, run refactoring fixes and so on. It's a key feature of our product, and a lot of our users doesn't use it, and we don't understand what is the reason to use WebStorm when you don't use the main feature, Alt Enter. <laughs> So people, if you use WebStorm, please, please, please use Alt Enter. Those keyboard shortcuts uh, really, really change the development environment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really true. Have you ever like accidentally stumbled upon a shortcut? You're like, whoa, this is really useful, but I never knew about this before. Yeah, because uh, when I write Java code, I use uh, this, sh this shortcut f all the time. And the same for, uh, uh, true for TypeScript. When I write TypeScript, I use uh, Alt-Enter uh, uh, all the time. And it helps a lot. Like you need to split if or you need to join some conditions or you need to extract a function. And all the actions can be called from the this shortcut. It's like an entry point. I would I would say uh, probably beyond Tori's mention of just being able to tweak Vim, I think the other aspect of Vim that people love is is that kind of uh, communal knowledge of different keyboard shortcuts that once you know it, you feel like you're in the in-group and you feel super productive, but they're without kind of like any of that discovery hints and things, there could be a shortcut that saves you a bunch of time, but you're just not aware of it's so true like sometimes my finger will accidentally slip while typing and i'm like whoa that was a shortcut and then i'll use it but i didn't know it before like my finger slipped <laughs> like uh yeah uh, sometimes uh we suggest our users to use uh so-called find actions when they need to to do some action and uh, maybe webstorm has this feature so they call uh, this action and try to find by name uh, the corresponding action and yeah it works yeah most of the ids at least give you uh like maybe in the menu it'll show you what those keyboard shortcuts are um whereas vim you have to kind of search for it or <laughs> find someone who knows yeah but you're not a real you're not a real coder if you don't if you use a graphic interface that's that's for the weak anthony <laughs> or the productive i only code in braille so <laughs> you're right that's what the real hard code users there is use. no graphic interface that's that's the most that's like i'd say top tier tori is to not even use any interface at all 
Yeah, that's when I don't code. I just sit and think about it. <laughs> There's no interface going on. I'm just thinking. Well, uh, Andre, thank you for joining us. Um, can people find you somewhere online? Uh, yeah, on Twitter. What's their uh, Twitter handle? A and Starwood. We'll link to that in the show notes. notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, perfect. To all of our listeners, you can tweet your comments at TalkScript on Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you. Smash that like and subscribe, I think is what the kids say. I don't know if that applies to podcasts. Is that a thing? Do we? Is that a podcasting thing? I don't know. I've never done any of those things. Anyway, it's really nice to, uh, to talk to you, and I'm going to go geek out on uh, some more of these great graphics over at the uh, website. So, my rest of my day. I'm going to get another cup of coffee. I'm going to try and figure out how to exit them. So, wish me luck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right. Bye, all. Thanks for listening to this episode of TalkScript. You can round out your TalkScript experience by viewing our show notes, listening to past episodes, subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, and of course, following us on Twitter. We record new episodes every month. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of TalkScript. We hope you'll call back next time. Got a good thing going on. Ba, 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 ba.